Welcome to Aussie Ambitions Podcast, where we meet with everyday Aussies that are pushing ahead with their goals and ambitions in life. Join your host, Scott Robert Springer, to explore the future of entrepreneurship, work-life balance, and reaching beyond your comfort zone. So stay tuned for some tips on living life the Aussie way. All right, welcome to the Aussie Ambitions Podcast. We're excited to have another guest with us today. Her name's Debbie Lodine. Welcome, Debbie. How are you? Hi, good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Excellent, excellent. So this is on the theme of ambitions and um, hearing a little bit about life stories here in Australia. Um, you've got a lot of different areas of experience, and really, we just going to touch on a few of them here today. Um, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Yes, so I was born on the Gold Coast, and for anyone that doesn't know the Gold Coast, we're sort of an hour down from Brisbane. Brisbane is our capital city in Queensland. I was born here. I was brought up in Cavill Avenue, and anyone who knows the Gold Coast, Cavill Avenue is like the main street of surface paradise. My family had the, uh, well, my grandfather was the what partners of one of the first Chinese restaurants on the Gold Coast, and then he built a standalone building himself in Cavill Avenue. So I was brought up um, in flats above the restaurant in Cavill Avenue, 57 Cavill Avenue, and we were next door to uh, a place called El Rancho, which was a steak restaurant for anyone that remembers that. And then it became Bombay Rock. So all the you know big brands like, uh, or bands like Cold Chisel and um, uh, all those guys from back then used to play there. It was an in- interesting childhood, I would say. I would say. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be, you mentioned some names. The so Cold Chisel, famous Australian band yeah. from, from the Angels, day. Angels, all those guys yeah. played there, yeah. Um, and so, wow, so that's going to be a unique perspective, I think, because I st- there's still a lot of people that are moving here in recent times. Um, yeah. Is that fair to say? Do you see, like, still a bit of migration from other cities coming and settling on the Gold Coast? Is that It's growing trend? every year. So, basically, everything from my childhood, because I grew up in Cable Avenue, is, is no longer there because it's, uh, we're a young city. It's growing continuously. It's it's changing. It's moving. People coming, and we have obviously our tourism industry that 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 you know, molds part of our city. But it we're just not just tourism. Um, yeah, it's it's growing. It's 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 a really interesting city because we're between the ocean and the and the mountains. Like the mountains are only half an hour one way and the beach is, you know, 10 minutes the other way. So it's a very interesting city we have. It's a very linear city. So it's a very long city. Yeah. So are you, you mentioned beach and mountains. Are you, did, are you located closer to one or the other? Like where do you live? I'm sort of central. I would say I'm about 10 minutes to the beach and then maybe 20 minutes to the mountains. So it's, yeah, it's, so easy access either way. Easy access both ways. Yeah. Would you say that there's traffic here? It's growing. The traffic is growing very much so, and we and you know we need to look at that infrastructure-wise. I don't think when this you know Gold Coast Surface Paradise was first started that it was uh, you know made for so many people. Um, back in the old days, it was actually we. We were a logging place for logging, and then we had sand mining, I remember, as a child. Um, tourism was also always a part of it, but um, it's just grown exponentially. We have three universities for our little town, so it's it's quite amazing how we've changed. That's uh, Yeah, I do feel it's a luxury, again, seeing what other cities have in terms of uh, you know learning opportunities and infrastructure, and so, yeah, life, life is good here, so if you can yeah. get here, definitely... Uh, <laughs> 
Come visit. <laughs> Come visit. Um, one thing, there's a few things I was hoping to cover today, and one of them is uh, your experience with innovation and just, you know, there's, uh, there's a wave of, I guess, new entrepreneurs, people that are starting for the first time. I think a lot of listeners would be from that space. And um, you've, you've done some things over the years, um, and you've actually got uh, something new cooking as well. Yes. Um, so can you take us through maybe what you're working on today? So we've just launched four weeks ago a new gin made on the Gold Coast. Uh, it's not it's not a normal thing for someone to do is to start out their own gin, but uh, we it's you know during this year it's been difficult for everyone and we've had to adapt. My husband's always worked in the liquor industry and it was time for us to have our own product. And we researched it and we spent we spent two full days actually experimenting. And it's a, it's a bit of a science, any alcohol. So any alcohol is a bit of a science. And you, you have all these botanicals that you have in front of you and you have to, you know, have measurements and different measurements so that they balance one another. It's all about balance to, to, for any alcohol. Yeah. So um, we can get a shot of the, the label. Um, are, are we able to say the name? Yes, certainly, oh. Paradise Gin. So again, I was brought up in Surface Paradise. So we called it Paradise Gin and also our restaurant, the dining room, was called the Paradise Dragon Room. So it's very much part of my childhood. And even the picture, if you have a look at the picture, it's a couple by the pool. And when I was young, we had a babysitter that used to take us to all, <laughs> illegally, <laughs> take us to all the uh, resorts and hotels on in surface, uh, Chevron Hotel and Tiki Village and, and different hotels, and we would go swimming in the, their pools. So I wanted to bring that back and a bit of the, the glamour from that time. This is sort of from the 60s uh, with the pool in the background and the palm trees. We used to have palm trees down the Esplanade uh, and just bring a bit of luxury back to our everyday lives. That's, um, yeah, it's definitely got an interesting vintage feel to it uh, in terms of labelling. And um, the the product itself, though, like is that something, are Aussies, Big gin drinkers? Is there something about the gin and not maybe another type of liquor? Yeah, it's the trend at the moment. I think you ha you sort of have to look at the trends. Uh, you know, Australia's always been known to be big beer drinkers, um, but the tastes have changed over the years. Vodka was very popular for a while. But with gin, we find that we have so many different botanicals that we can add to it to make it completely different so it's, this is our gin is so different to say a Gordon's gin or a Bombay Sapphire it's, it's quite unique in its own uh, so that's what we, we like to see. That's a, so it, it's really a good example of perhaps having an opportunity and then pursuing it um, I think a lot of things we want to encourage for for the listeners and viewers are you know do you have an idea and can you get it to that first level of um, first milestone, so you're closer to your, your end goal. With something like this, was this, you, you mentioned you had some industry experience, but was this a long time coming? Like, was it a project that you had in the back of your mind and you finally kicked it off? Or did it all come out of necessity and saying, look, there's a particular opportunity, now's the time? Yeah, so a bit of both. Like we've been, I've been saying to my husband for many, many years, we need, to, we need our own product. Um, we were looking at wine at one stage, but we had a massive three quarters of Australia was on fire at the beginning of the year which was amazing and a lot of our vineyards were actually the smoke either burnt or the uh, fruit was affected by the smoke 
So we sort of scrapped that idea and then COVID came and we, you know, we basically needed to adapt and the opportunity came up for, uh, to distill an alcohol and we decided to uh, do the gin first. Later down the track we might do a vodka, a rum, a whiskey. A whiskey will be the last because it, we have to settle it for at least minimum of two years up to, you know, 30. You can get 15-year-old whiskey and 30-year-old whiskey, so um, that would probably be the last one. But the gin is just, it was, the turnaround time is really quick. Um, the most, I think the most important thing was actually getting the recipe right. And I had this idea of, I want all, actually, I want all our products to have uh, a really Australian theme to it. So we looked at, you know, different Indigenous fruits that would go well with this. And Kakadu Plum, which is from Arnhem Land up in Northern Queensland, or Northern Territory, I should say. There is Kakadu Plum in Northern Queensland as well. It's the um, fruit with the highest vitamin C of any fruit. It looks like, it's only a tiny little plum. It looks like a little olive. Uh, and it's it's green, but it also turns yellow. Um, and is it healthy? It sounds like it might be almost healthy. It's very healthy for you as well. Okay. Uh, so the, our fruit that we have in our gin when we make it is actually the frozen fruit. You can buy the powdered form, but it's not. It's just not the same. So there's two ways to make gin. You can either actually seep it in your base uh, alcohol, or you can you can steam it, and we actually put it in. So we soaked. We soaked our botanicals overnight in our base alcohol. So there's two types of base alcohol you can have. One is a grain base and one is a grape base. So we use the grape base because it's softer, but it's also for anyone that has problems with gluten. Like, well, ours is grape, not grain. Uh, and it's a, it's a softer one. So you soak the botanicals overnight and, then you, and that's when you dis distill it and then you uh, boil it up to about 80 degrees and then it, you know, the vapor goes up, it distills, condenses, and then you've got your your gin. <laughs> that's a that's a good deep dive on the on the product process, I think. And yeah. um, maybe what it, one thing to mention would be what I hear of when people have ideas and they're looking to start out. Sometimes they keep everything to themselves. They they don't want to share that idea or bring too many people in on it for fear that someone might copy it or take that idea and run with it. Would this be an example where um, there's a bit of a secret recipe that you need to keep? you know, keep uh, tight and well-managed so that it, it isn't uh, copied and that kind of thing? Was there any consideration to that? Our recipe isn't complex. I wouldn't... It's not... It, I think we want to keep the, the main recipe... Like, I don't want to t tell people everything because it's part of the, the mystery of the gin. But obviously, Kakadu Plum takes up 40% of our recipe and it's unique to us other people I, mean, I guess they could try to copy it if they want to but it won't it won't be theirs um, yeah I was just thinking about sometimes suppliers um, again thinking about the other entrepreneurs that might be creating a product and they need to source raw ingredients or you know sometimes there's a level of partnership there um, in terms of where this is like the raw materials is there a, a farm like is it hard to get some of these items, like the the, uh, well, the, raw, the raw materials for, for the distilling process? Well, we had the master distiller source all that for us. Nice. Uh, so that's in Queensland, we have uh, the Queensland Distillers Association. And each, and you know, it's, it's, it's a small knit group. So people don't tend to 
try and upset other people because otherwise, you know, you're going to be falling out with everyone. <laughs> um, so you want to, um, if you can collaborate, sh sure, why not? I've actually got an event coming up, hopefully, which I can't say right now, but it'll be um, a pretty cool event for the first time to bring all our Queensland distillers together, hopefully, and to get them to showcase what we make in Queensland because you go into a bar, a restaurant, a hotel right now and that we should have a Queensland gin, we should have a Queensland vodka, we should have a Queensland, well, we probably do, nearly everyone has Bundaberg rum, but we should have our own products on the shelves. So I wanted to, I have this idea to bring everyone together to actually showcase that. So I, you know, I'm very much, that's my type of personality is I'm a collaborative person. Um, I've never really had anyone try to steal my ideas, I don't think, because they probably think it's all too hard. <laughs> Fair point. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and I like that you mentioned the collaboration aspect. That was something we're looking to do a bit of research on to see just how, what's the startup environment like in Australia? And you might have some more experience with that. But generally, you you get a good feel of collaboration, whether it's from your suppliers or even maybe distribution partners. Uh, oh, it has to be. It has to. We, you has to. You have to collaborate. I was so we were so surprised this year because you know I've, we sourced the labeling, the printing, the boxes, the bags, everything locally, and these small businesses, are, they're working so hard, but they're doing actually quite doing quite well over COVID because people are staying home. They're looking for local um, suppliers, and but the thing is, the turnaround time is so quick. Like you try and get something made overseas and you're waiting there, you know, on the ships and, you know, we've had um, the dockers go on strike only a couple of months ago. So you've got stuff on the docks and also, you know, with COVID, it's been difficult. But we're, we're getting local suppliers to make printing labels and it's like a couple of days and they're ready and you're going, oh, okay, <laughs> we have to go pick them up. Um, it's just... Yeah, it's just been amazing. I think the Gold Coast community is really thriving. Um, even though we've had a downturn in, in tourism and people are struggling, um, our um, small manufacturing and our small businesses are actually doing okay. That's, uh, that's a good point about the, the buying local. Obviously, tough, de tough year so far. Uh, everyone's kind of put in that panic mode, rethinking, having to navigate what they're going to be working on, but yeah. the so you're seeing a big shift of buy local um, yeah. across the industry. Buy local and also the adaptation of technology. I think you know, especially the restaurants. Uh, restaurants are taking you know, most of them now have order online, um, and all all those industries are helping with you know QR codes with the the contact tracing and all that. Um, with even with marketing, how people market is different. It's sort of pushed technology along a lot faster than it would have in the past. I was speaking to, going off topic a little bit because I'm on um, a few community committees and just our hospital system, I was talking to, uh, one of the doctors was speaking at one of our events and he was saying with the advent of COVID, you know, things have moved to telehealth a lot quicker. It probably would have taken 10 years for us to change to telehealth uh, where people ring up and get, you know, diagnosed over the phone and get prescriptions and et cetera over the phone. 
and just the communication through Zoom. You know, when you introduce something into a major industry, it generally, you know, it goes from committee to committee to committee to committee. And, you know, well, let's do it, see if this works and see if that works. Well, they were forced to do it, basically. They were forced to do it this year. And, um, yeah, it's really pushed technology. And, and um, I think it's it's a good thing. It's, 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 a, it's a good thing because it's actually helped with communication, not just locally, but internationally. Yeah, that's and, and I guess that's interesting to see what the contrast is versus other countries. But I think everyone in the world's kind of seen that, you know, 10 years of basically technology leap or adoption in about, you know, six months. Yeah. Um, so good, good on everyone for hanging in there. It's like uh, not easy to, um, you know, but it does, it's a good test to the system and sometimes stress, I mean, that's a theme, but stress is uh, an opportunity, right? There's good, good stress and uh, stress of you're having to force renew and yeah. force innovation. So, but I would I would say in the innovation arena, most people are about helping one another. Like that's that's been my experience, because generally when you go into developing a new product, you want to do it for the reason of you want to do something good for the community for whatever, and so. People will help you if you ask. And if you see someone that needs help, then you just do it. You don't think about it. It's just a it's just a thing that you do because in the innovation space, people really struggle. It's it's not to start anything, it's not easy and it's not simple. You have to put in the hard yards, you have to put in a lot of hours, and people understand that you're that the work you have to put in. So they will help you if you ask. Mm. The um, Just back on the, the gin product, is that something that represents uh, a larger vision? So, so for example, would it be, uh, is this the, just the beginning where you'd oh, grow this yes. into a larger portfolio? Yes, absolutely. I already have ideas in my head for, for things that I want. And uh, again, I mentioned that, you know, later on there's, uh, you know, vodka, rum, whiskey, uh, coffee liqueur <laughs> it could be basically anything in the future but obviously you need to start somewhere so this is this is our start okay and you mentioned um a bit of that co uh, community feel or others benefiting from your efforts um in this case you could potentially be growing the opportunity to hire people or you know bring other people along on the, on the journey what's the journey look like for you like are you do you, are you an employer now do you have other people that work for you or with you so we work with other people. So obviously we outsource a lot of, you know, all the printing and, and, and labelling. And, uh, and well, my actually, so this picture here, I did a quick sketch of what I had in my mind. And then I, my father-in-law is an artist, so I got him to actually paint that. We had the original in our house. Uh, so that was a collaboration. Use your families, people. <laughs> if you're going to start a business, use the people around you to help you um, because... They're there already. They're there already. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, That sounds like a, a good test of. Uh, well, I guess you got to. They could be your early customers. Let's say. Maybe yeah, absolutely. Try and get them to test, um, test it, and you know, see if they're because you know it's 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 not a cheap thing to start a new business. But if you've got people there, friends, family that are willing to, you know, try some gin. <laughs> um, but whatever it is, get them to, to help you out. 
Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned the, the perhaps the startup cost and something like this. Um, again, just trying to paint the picture that for people that are looking to start on a journey, entrepreneurship, starting something, create a product, create a service, do an online company, where does this sit in terms of investment? It would seem probably significant. Is you've it got, upfront? You've got a budget. So for any for anyone out there, if you have a great idea, my the most important thing is to budget. You need to have a plan. Don't go into anything without having a plan. Um, and don't go... You can... So I would say in the last 10 years, it's so much easier to start your own business because before you had to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on advertising, whatever. Now you've got, you know, social media. Um, there's a lot of programs now where you can create your own flyers, like Canva or whatever. And if you don't use the premium package, then it's free. Um, starting your own website is not that expensive anymore. Before it was thousands of dollars. Now you could probably set it up for 25 and then, you know, you've got your ongoing fees. But a lot of stuff now because of technology is pretty much all on your phone. You can do it almost instantaneously. It may not be, <clears throat> it may not be super slick, but I don't think people really want super slick anymore. They're happy to have a bit of reality. Um, have a bit of um, roughness to it and, re and um, going, oh, well, you know, I can do that too. Nice. Yeah. Absolutely support that. <laughs> um, we're trying to represent that here as well. But And just, just staying active and just being in that space, it tends to open up doors for lots of things. So just getting a bit of traction. Uh, that's probably a startup word. But, you know, just yeah. that traction, doing something, demonstrate that you're... Have a go. Like if you have an idea in your head for a, for some marketing... Like people say, oh, I know nothing about marketing, but generally you'll have some idea of what you want. And even if you can't draw, you can generally do a bit of a sketch, even if it's stick, you know, stick people and do a bit of a sketch and then you can show someone else and going, well, this is my idea. How, do, how can we expand on that? So don't be afraid to experiment. Mm -hmm. So th this is a good, good example. You've actually brought the finished product here and that's a lot further than a lot of other people, you know, get to that's, that's almost ready to launch. Is that so? This oh, we've launched. We were launched four will be four launched. weeks ago, and we um, we're actually in four four weeks. We've now in fourteen outlets. So, okay. um, Gold Coast, Northern New South Wales, and Brisbane. Okay, so now so that a lot of time on the road. For my husband. <laughs> and was there a moment of celebration there? That's what we're interested to hear. Is it when you reach that moment where you would have said, "Okay, we've got the product. It's now." A, a, everyone's buying it and, and bring it into the store. Do you celebrate at that point? We celebrated at the launch. Um, so I brought together, you know, a lot of friends and people that we knew and some people we, that we didn't, haven't known for a long time. But the, the feeling of that night, of that launch, everyone said to me it was like a family celebration and that's exactly what I want. That's what when I... When I, you know, put things on Facebook or whatever, I like to have people with my product rather than just the product because it's about, like, we wouldn't exist without our customers So it's and we wouldn't exist without the outlets that support us. So we want to support them as well. You know, we want to bring them into our family. We want to hear feedback, whether it's good or bad, um, and we can improve on it. If, if it is bad, we can improve on it. 
Um, if it's good, then that's <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> um, but so far, it's been good and a lot of support. And thank you to you guys for reaching out. <laughs> um, it's it's been amazing, actually, the the support from the local community and elsewhere. So that that's great, and I think that's definitely to be uh, commended to get that product launched and it's underway. And now the demand will be coming if it's not already. So what does that uh, force you into a mode where you're shifting gears and maybe you need to think more about production and scalability yes. and all of that? So with production and scalability, our Australian taxes are very high here. So for alcohol, it's up to 42-something percent tax. So we've really got to budget, really, really have to budget because we're paying before we've even received money you know, from the stores. Um, so we're, we're doing it a step-by-step, step, you know, micro-steps. We're not going into the big liquor houses like in Australia, BWS, um, Dan Murphy's, whatever. We want to stay independent for now because we want to grow it slowly. Um, there's so many, you know, you hear about all these stories about, you know, this this startup's gotten a, a, you know, $2 million funding and whatever. That's great if you have the infrastructure for that. Like, um, But for us, I think we want to grow it slowly because we want to get... Uh, we, we need to go over the bumps in the road and know that we can sort it out and problem solve rather than having a massive problem at the end and going, oh, my God, what do we do now? I think for us it's a gradual step-by-step process. That's uh, that's good to hear. I, the one that pops into mind is the Elon Musk story about the Model 3 and uh, production hell that he talks about. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, sometimes obviously he knew we would get to that point and he just had to crunch time, get through it. Um, is there uh, Are there people that you follow as a source of inspiration or a bit of a learning? Like, are you are you an expert in making products and bringing them into market or is this a new journey for you? Uh, this is a fairly new um, thing, but I do, I do help consult with different people on... Because my background is innovation, but it's also marketing and business, which I studied at university. And it's also from observation more than anything. Like you can be taught whatever at university, you can be taught, you know, anything at school, but from actual practice and observation, it's a completely different thing. Um, and it's different between cultures. It's different even between a big city and a small city. Uh, the, the people on the Gold Coast you have, even as I said before, we're a linear city and you have different... Uh, uh, different interests in people in different areas. Uh, so it's really, I think for me, it's really interesting to, to, to watch and observe and, and see where the trends are and see how you can overcome problems by watching other people overcome problems. Yeah. I like that you mentioned... You know, just overcoming the problems. And that's one of the things I definitely, would, if we've got some examples, I'd love to hear from that, just how you overcame them. And it might be related to this product or it might be something else, but... It's called grit. 
<laughs> I think with any problem, any problem is just keep going until you get what you, where you want to go because there will be problems. I guarantee you there will be problems. Um, but just try and stay positive. And it's important to have, again, friends and family that support you because there will be times where you go, oh, my God, what am I doing? How am I going to get through this? <laughs> I've had no sleep. I've had two hours sleep. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, how much fun is in the business? Just curious. How much of the daily mix of things is is just a bit of joy and a bit of, uh, you know, you enjoy what's going on? So what I enjoy is hearing people go, uh, I like when people try it for the first time and I'm going, oh, I'm not a gin drinker. But, and then they try it and I'm going, oh, well, actually, mm, this is okay. I like quite, I can imagine myself on a hot day with the gin and tonic and some ice. And, you know, they've never been into gin and tonic in their lives. <laughs> and they're, they're going, yeah, I can really see myself drinking this. Yeah. So that's fun. And also I'm the type of person that, um, again, I was talking about, you know, being collaborative and, and coming up with ideas. They're marketing ideas, but they're also ideas to collaborate with other people and have some fun. And I love that sort of thing, Cre creating an event. I love. Uh, so it was very much for our for our launch. Our friends offered us the rooftop of a building next to Hoda, which is an art center, and overlooking the river with the surface paradise skyline in the background. And I'm going, yeah, that's perfect. So it's just uh, creating a almost almost a scene. And your product is the centre of it, and, and that's what I love doing. Yeah. What just hearing the story, it, I found it interesting that you were born here and and yes. raised here, and you developed some experience with innovation and business. Um, there would have been opportunities to take your ideas and go elsewhere, travel, launch a business somewhere, but somehow you've, you're still here on the Gold Coast and you're building lots more innovation and reinvesting almost your time and. Is there something that's driving that, or have you have you gone overseas and seen the options it's and you come back? People say, you know, oh, why don't you go overseas? You know, you'll make so much money. Well, it's not that easy. You need to know, you need to trust people to go overseas, and and you need to know their laws, obviously, their customs. I got married fairly young, <laughs> so um, family comes first for me. All my family is here. Um. Yeah, and, you know, my family is very close, obviously. So, yeah, there, were there really opportunities to go overseas? I've travelled a lot and I, I have family all over the world, but I don't think, for me, there's nowhere better than the Gold Coast. And I think you probably think that too. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, uh, I've got my journey as well. It's been four years living on the Gold Coast, 10 years before that in Sydney. And, and then there was a decision of moving from... The place I was born and raised, Canada, to here for reasons. Um, and, yeah, it was just interesting to see how, you know, where these ideas come from and where they can grow. And, and it's an opportunity because people might say in Australia there's um, not as obvious of an innovation path versus, say, in the U.S. Um, or major cities, you know, Toronto, New York, San Francisco. But here you've got the lifestyle first. Yes. You get a lot of happy people and those people really, I don't know, I think with that there's some energy that comes with that and it's an interesting little mix that we're kind of experimenting with. Um, do you feel that? Like, 
do you, having been to other major cities and innovation hubs, do you feel like lifestyle is a positive thing here? Oh, yeah. When definitely. mixed with business, though? Definitely. Um, you know, we, well, Australians, we, we work hard and we play hard. I think that's, uh, well, you know, in every city you have different types of personalities. But generally in the business industry, um, you work hard and you play hard. Yeah, so we, yeah, it's, yeah, it is definitely a lifestyle, but I think we have a lot of creativity here. And it's unfortunate when we lose a lot of people to overseas uh, because, you know, because of different things here. We can't sustain a lot of our, like you grow to a certain stage where, and then a lot of the investment might come from overseas, so then you, you have to sort of go overseas. Or um, there just isn't the funding here to support you. Mm -hmm. But I think that's slowly changing. Again, pe people have to understand that Australia is not a big, we're a small country, we're 25 million people that fits into one city in China <laughs> or even, you know, Korea or wherever. We're not a big country. So we, we need to be international. And if you speak to nearly every young Australian, most of them have gone overseas, which is a testament to um, how diverse we are here. Mm -hmm. Or they, come, they either come from overseas or they've travelled um, yeah, and explored. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's... Definitely you get a lot of, uh, I think they call it a gap year, where yes. you know, it's like on purpose, culturally accepted, you go and travel elsewhere and then you come back and maybe settle into your career plans and, yeah, and get yeah. going. But yeah, I think the the cultural aspect is interesting to see. Is it is it very, uh, I guess, variable, where it's not just homogenous and everyone has the same point of view? Uh, it's fairly, fairly diverse it's society very here. Diverse, right? Very diverse. Even on the Gold Coast, we have over 200 different communities from all over the world. So it's not visually, you wouldn't think that when you come here. Um, but yeah, there, there are a lot of communities. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think the, the influence about what, I guess, the skills that people are bringing to the table, um, and it's got to start somewhere. So it's nice to see there are some innovation hubs and things which are shaping shaping up and maybe funding comes into that yeah. as well. Um, you've got some experience with that, right, in terms yeah. of that. Can you tell us a bit about what, you're, what you've been involved with? So with the Gold Coast Innovation Hub, I became a director on the board of directors this year. And our focus, for when we first started, it was to unite entrepreneurs on the Gold Coast, which is the number one thing. And then number two was to grow uh, with events. And number three was to go international, which we, we've gone, just recently, three weeks ago, we had an a online event with Go Global World, which has ambassadors in 32 different countries. And we did, a, a I guess, a uh, online event and I had speakers from um, Canberra um, Home Affairs, sorry, Department of Home Affairs. So uh, Australia has um, new entrepreneur visas that are basically a fast track to um, permanent residency and, we, and Trade Investment Queensland, which helps businesses that want to migrate here or set up, um, you know, head offices here or whatever in Australia. So I had them speak to an international crowd, which was pretty exciting. I think we had about 300 people watching from around the world. And 
so that's that's really exciting. Starting to open. Last night I spoke to someone from Austria, and we're talking about some, you know, doing some collaborative things with biotech possibly. Um, so it's just reaching out, and that again is so exciting. And you know, when I talk about my gin, I think I told you earlier I don't want to. Um, I want to bring what I do and merge it together. So we're actually launching in a month's time, we're going to have a limited number of gins that are launched onto a um, what we call a blockchain asset tracker. So every gin in that 200 will have a QR code and anyone who buys that can go anywhere in the world and it if they scan that code, it'll tell them that it's made on the Gold Coast, it's authentic. And this came about by, uh, you know, overseas there's a lot of fake wines and alcohols and whatever. There's a lot of fake everything, fake meat, fake everything. But with this technology, you can actually authenticate to say where it's come from, which ship it was put on, which, you know, where it was made, what are the, where the ingredients came from. You can put all that information on there and that information is locked and sealed and you can't change it unless you add more information to it. So that's really exciting to be part of that. That's fantastic. Is that, to be honest, that's the first time I've heard of that. I think we're a world first. <laughs> packaging and bundling in a way. Is it, um, did, did, it was someone proposed that to you yes. and you decided that's right for us? Yeah. So I have a friend, um, he's a professor, uh, Warwick Powell. He's started Beef Ledger. Beef Ledger does that with uh, Australian beef, sold all over the world, China, South Africa, uh, South America. And they want to make sure that the beef they sell, because it's a premium product, is um, actually Australian beef and not from somewhere else. And so they, they have this asset tracker and we were talking, he's going, oh, let's do that with a gin. And I'm going, yeah, well, why not? Let's try it and see, see how it goes and see how people um, accept it, hopefully. And um, yeah, so that's, again, that's something we can do now. But in five, ten years time, when we launch overseas, then we already have that in place. So again, planning is really important. Um, you can do something now, and you might not think it's worth it now, but it will help you down the track. Yeah. Uh, definitely love that. I he <laughs> I heard you mention about some expansion plans there. So you've already you're already thinking. You said five or ten years. Yeah. Bring this over, make it available overseas. Is that right? Yeah, something. Well, give or take. You never you never know. So basically, right now we've just started. It's four weeks since the launch, and we've been in. We've got into different stores, but you know. Uh, there's so many things I want to create with it. Never stop creating. That's what I say. Just never stop creating. There's so many things you can do with something. And if you think you can't, well, just change your mentality because you, you can if you're willing to put in the hard yards, I think. Um, and there are people there to help you, so don't be afraid. There are always people. And if you fail, well, then learn from it. Learn from it and you might want to do the same sort of thing but probably not as ambitious or you might want to do it differently or you might find something else completely different um, to take you on a different path. But, you know, life is short. Give it a go. Mm. 
there we go. Yeah, the Aussie saying, I love it. Give it a go. Give it a go. Uh, have a go. There's a really important point there that you mentioned. I mean, you're fairly fresh four weeks into, into this um, milestone. And I just wanted to capture the mind, the mindset. Like, how are you feeling having exhausted? <laughs> really? Um, no, it's exciting, but it's again, it's very tiring. And also, when you're working with your partner, uh, you know, there are going to be times where you are, you know, you have an idea, the other person has an idea. You're not. You might be clashing, but that is normal. I think certainly normal for us. <laughs> But you've got to get your ideas across. Um, you've got to communicate. Um, yeah. So, so, so again, that, you know, they're going to be struggles, <laughs> but that's normal. So you've got the added, I guess, benefit, but also pressure of it's a family. Yes. Family run operation, mm. right? Um, and is it is it equal time invested? So like 50-50, both, both putting as much time as possible or as one person... Mm. Got more, more to put I in. would say my husband puts a lot more work into the gym than me. I do the marketing side, uh, but I also have other projects, obviously, with the Innovation Hub and uh, other things I do. So definitely my – but, you know, every day you, you have to sit and I'm going to say, what happened today? You know, where are we at with this? Again, communication is so important. And, again, we're not always going to be on the same page, but you just have to get through that. Yeah. Um, Okay. So just to recap the opportunity that, that, that came to be, so y- it's really utilizing some existing industry experience that your partner had to perhaps work on a product that uh, you had a bit of a passion for and it, and it came to be. Uh, and, and that's really the product. That's why, you know, gin, because it's possibly on trend um, mm. and there's a demand for it. Um, I would say also there is a, a point where you do get feedback saying, oh, you're launching a product that's alcohol. You know, is there a a judgment there? We've always been in the alcohol industry. So our gin is only 40% alcohol. A a lot of gins are higher. Uh, 40% is uh, is good for us. But you don't drink, like you don't enjoy your alcohol. That's what I say. Don't drink to get drunk. Enjoy it. If you find something that you like, whether it be wine, whether it be whiskey, whether it be gin, Enjoy it. Have a you know, get your glass, a nice glass. Put lots of ice, gin, tonic, and also get a tonic that is a premium tonic. I really, and it depends on your taste, but for for us, we recommend a premium tonic, not not a commercial tonic, because you want the taste of the gin to come through. You don't want uh, the taste of sugar to come through. So get you know, your your ice, your lime, whatever, a nice straw. Sit somewhere beautiful by the water, and slowly drink. You know, chat with a friend. Don't you know? It's not there to be sculled. You know, it's there to enjoy. So enjoy the experience. Wonderful. I, I think the uh, there's some gins out there that have launched in the last say five years. That's really helped boost, I think, the visibility of gin. And I haven't, I can't say that I followed it closely, but you know, you hear of celebrities introducing a a certain brand and, and so yeah. forth. Do you think those come originate from the celebrity or is that just a bit of a marketing play there to sell bottles of gin? You know what? I think these celebrities, they're taking something that they love. I, I would imagine that they would like, why would you produce something that you didn't love? 
um, because they're putting time and effort and money into it. So it's something that they love. Uh, and they're producing something, hopefully, that, you know, their people that follow them will also like. I mean, they're not going to produce something terrible because the people won't buy it. People are discerning and they, you know, they, they want to have nice things that they're happy with. They're not going to buy it just because it's, you know, a movie star's gin or they might try it for the first time. Uh, but I think, it's, I think it's a genuine thing. I, I, I don't know. It's... I think they're they're brands in themselves, right? So they yeah, they're not gonna it becomes a big machine where they're not gonna risk um, an inferior product. So it's right. probably properly vetted. Yeah. They probably have agencies and managers and levels of yeah. Uh, profit we'll put taking. it on them, really, because why not? Again, life is short. Mm, nice. Okay. That's, <laughs> so yeah, you don't see that as competition. Yours is is quite a uh, it's it's a really a product with a story. Uh, yeah. You know, bundled in, and then you've got the asset tracker. That's fantastic. People think. There should never be just one of anything. I think that there should be, you should be able to have a choice. I mean, you, the, you know, the movie star's gin or my gin or someone else's gin, everyone has different tastes, number one. And you should have that choice. And, you know, you might have my gin one night and you might have another gin another night. That's perfectly fine. And also, I, need, I must say that you have to pair, pairing your alcohol with food is also important. Like our gin is a fresh, fruity gin. Um, so, you know, it would go, it goes well with, you know, nice fresh salads and fresh food and whatever. Um, so that's, I think that's important because your taste buds, um, you'll enjoy it more if you have the right food with it. Mm, food is a nice topic. Everyone yeah. like, always yeah. interested to hear what people It's are really interesting because you can have, you know, a certain wine say for example and you have it with an entree or you have it with a savory meal or you have it with sweet and the taste is completely different it changes so you know experiment and have fun with it mm. is there is there a uh, a forum for that i know they have wine tasting in their sort of palate uh you know, education i think yeah, that kind of thing my husband is much better than that uh, D- does that me. exist in the spirit world? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. And we will probably in the future ha- do some. Um, I think we are actually in the next February doing a, a pairing with food mm. and our gin. But again, if you want, um, you know, with spicy food, you want a, an alcohol that sort of go that will not overtake that. Um, if you have, you know, a light fresh food, then you want a nice light tasting, fruity sort of whatever it is, wine or whatever. Um, Wonderful dessert. You'd have a, you know, a sweet dessert. I think that's that, on the topic of gin. I'm sure there's there's many experts out there. So what? Yeah, so you know, ours is not a dry gin. It's not like a Gordon's dry gin. It's it's you can as soon as you open it, you can smell it. Would you like to smell it? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a little. So this uh, is a fresh bottle. This is, uh, actually, this fits in well with um, a series that we'll be uh, releasing called Cocktails and Microphones. Um, we'll have a little sp- oh, mixing. I, I might have to get you to open And uh, let's see if you can pass that open. tough for me. So it's just a pop top. Okay, it's a nice bottle, and we'll make sure we can get so the sound a- effect for everyone <laughs> listening at home. <laughs> it's a wooden top. All right, so we're just going to get a little aroma. Yeah. 
Yeah, so not not the classic dry, but more. Um, yeah, and so you don't sweet. get a big shot of alcohol smell. It's a much softer smell. Yeah, because yeah, some of the times you you can open something, smell it, and you go, oh, it's gone right up your nostrils. I'll uh, keep that in, in view here. This one's a, a nice. Uh, Make sure I get you that bottle back. Soft. It, it, beautiful aroma. I mean, I again, not I'm not the, a huge connoisseur on on lots of different spirits, but um, yeah, definitely, it's got a. Feels like almost like a can I say, can I say citrus? Is there some element of well, the the, the is that the sweetness? Plum. Kakadu plum, yeah, yeah beautiful. Um, um, no, I love love the product and I love the story. I think that's kind of really wanted to bring out those elements of uh, a starting point, a uh, a couple of those milestones that got you to so far, and how you are feeling. That's the big thing. I think people mindset and you know how do you know if you're pushing hard enough or not hard enough or should you be doing something different? And it's just I, those paths that you can take along the way. I think it's important to basically talk talk to your customers. It's really you know talk to people trying your stuff, whatever it is. You know, even if it's an app, we'll speak to the people that are trying your app. If it's alcohol, obviously speak to the people that are drinking your alcohol. <laughs> um, whatever it is, even you know, even if it's biomedical, you know, speak to the speak to the people that are using your product. And get feedback. Feedback's really important. Definitely. Yeah. That's um, best practices. We definitely want to be, you know, uh, one of the things we endorse is, is evaluating your path to market or, you know, that sounds a bit technical, but just what's it going to take for you to get to where you need to be and can you cut down the steps or just really be thinking through the critical path of, yes, if we do that well, that'll bring us to the next step and so on. Obviously, there's the learnings along the way, yeah. bumps in the road. But is that your experience? Is it yeah, fairly fast track? Also, I find when I talk to people, I go, like, how did you get that person to, you know, how did you speak to that person? Like, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to go and ask for help, number one. Don't be afraid to reach out to people that you think you can't reach out to because generally people will help you. Uh, don't be afraid to come up with ideas that you think are impossible because sometimes they are possible. (laughs) Um, I don't like the word networking, but you kind of have to network. But for me, don't network for the sake of networking. Find the people that are on the same um, thought path as you uh, and then you know, they'll become friends because you're on the same journey, you have the same way of thinking, they'll end up helping you or you'll end up helping them. And it again, going back to when I said about the launch, it was like a family affair. That's exactly the kind of thing that I want. I want I want it to feel like we're a family, that we're working together, that uh, I don't care if you're the chairman of whatever, um, you're still just a person and you know you could possibly become a friend or a mentor um but have the you know just just try to reach out and if they don't return your call or your email whatever well that's all right too but at least you tried nice and would you say that generally represents what how it is in australia like people are friendly in that space so you'd reach out to someone and generally it's courtesy they would they could give you the reply back. I 
think so. I think so too. I think that's 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 how it's been for me. I know a lot of uh, of my friends have going. Well, how do you know that person? And I'm going. Well, I just went up and said hello. <laughs> um, and sometimes that's all it takes. You you see someone in uh, at an event and you go, oh, that's a really interesting person. Or it could be the speaker. You go to an event and the speaker is speaking and that's a really interesting topic. And you go up and say say hello and start talking. And then you might if it you know, you might develop a relationship. But that, that's how it starts. So. Honestly, don't be afraid to go up and say hello to people. That's great. I or mean, reach out yeah. <laughs> over LinkedIn. <laughs> uh, I was going to mention, we chatted a bit before about your, your you know, your, the tools you use, whether it's a face, you know, on Facebook or, but you mentioned LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn's great for business. Yeah. And is it like a purposeful, I'm going to go seek people out or is it more of a no, casual no. browsing and you just stumble on profiles? Not, and yeah, not, I don't seek people out on on anything really but I find for me on LinkedIn I find the the articles and the conversations more than anything really interesting they really interest me and you can add your point of view without um, you just have the opportunity to add your point of view on LinkedIn on topics that are vast and global even can be local but there's so much scope on LinkedIn I, I find personally other people might find it different. But if you have a business, if you're going to launch a business, I would get onto LinkedIn straight away. At least have a profile. Uh, and if someone's looking for someone similar to what you're doing, then at least you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, a good tip, actually. And maybe we can do a deep dive a bit later. It's just a note for myself to mm-hmm. perhaps LinkedIn. Because I do feel it depends on the generation. Maybe people that are established in their career it's kind of the norm to have LinkedIn probably somebody up and coming. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, they're probably pursuing Instagram like mad, <laughs> whereas there might be a golden opportunity if they just did LinkedIn casually to, um, yeah, to network, like you said, not, not for the sake of it, but. Yeah. Just you know, to common. connect with people and, and you'll go, you'll see people on there and because it shows up when you like something. So say one of my friends likes something and it's a really, really interesting article. And even though you don't know that person that's written the article, you can comment on it. And so I find that I, have, I find LinkedIn fascinating. <laughs> it's a good reminder. It's been a, these platforms have been around for ages, but um, they're going to go through waves of oh, everyone's there, and you know the opportunities here. But I, I feel like it's just been a quiet achiever, and I don't hear people banging on. But yeah, there's yeah. more, um, especially with live streaming. We do a lot of live stream support, and yeah, more and more people are. It's that expertise, and just get out there and talk about things. Yeah, um, yeah, that's wonderful. I was going to ask about um, just the, the the technology world. Uh, you seem like you've got uh, across a lot of this stuff. Like, where do you think we're headed in the in the world in technology? Do you do you follow uh, all these things about like algorithms and automation and AI and things like that? Is that enter in your world of thinking, or is that just sort of another part of another industry and another... Um... No, absolutely. I think the future is... Well, let's have a look at your phone. So 10 years ago, we had UBD maps. We had torches. We had um, a whole myriad of things, and now it's all on your phone, pretty much all on your phone. So that's in the last 10 years. Imagine what's going to happen in the next... <laughs> in the next 20. Things are moving so fast because there's so much... In each country, people are really focusing on the next thing 
and it's basically we are being forced to because we have so many global problems. You know, we, we're going, we're having problems with climate. Number one, we're having problems with, um, you know, water, with homelessness, with uh, uh, famine, etc. So there's so many people in the world actually working on solutions, on medicine. Um, so when you talk about Say 3D printing. People think, you know, 3D printing is just like, you know, making a product. But 3D printing now, you're using stem cells and creating organs and, you know, creating blood vessels and etc. When you're talking about um, medicine, it's, it's going to become more personalised because you have all these medicines now that are general. So everyone takes the same thing, but people have different reactions to it. So, you know, in the future, you'll be able to actually test, say, your blood or your urine or whatever, and find out what medication suits you and match it. You know, we've had for the last few years, we've got this, you know, love matching service like um, eHarmony or whatever. Well, now there'll be a medical matching service, I think, in the future. And we talked a little bit about um, telehealth before. For, you know, robotics, people are scared to death of robotics, um, that they're going to take over jobs. But for me, I think the robots are going to take jobs that are hard manual labour anyway, and they're probably dangerous. So there's a new scope. We don't know in the future there's going to be, I think there's going to be a whole heap of jobs that we've never heard of. You know, when the steam train or the steam engine was invented they thought you know in the industrial revolution they thought oh no one's going to have any jobs well you know that was 100 years ago and we're still going along things things will adapt it's going to it's not going to be easy things will adapt um so what have i got um biomedical ai so ai again Think about AI. I don't think about AI as, you know, Terminator taking over the world. I think of AI as just a giant encyclopedia. So basically it's just getting all the information. So if you have a disease or, or something wrong with you and you go to a doctor, a specialist, he has a certain amount of knowledge about that, you know, whatever part of your body that is. But imagine if he can go to his program and then have access to research from all over the world. So now you've got, say, 200 cases that you have knowledge of, and then it's now 200,000 cases that you now have knowledge of. And you can use that to um, treat or diagnose or whatever. And then when it comes back to robotics, you can go and, um, first of all, you can 3D, 3D uh, visually create what's wrong with you in the body um, and and make a 3D picture of it and find out exactly, say, it's a cancer in a spot that's not easily accessible. And then you can, a doctor can actually practice virtually with, um, you know, augmented reality, which is, so augmented reality is to have a, an image and then... Um, go in and like a video game almost go in and practice that operation again and again and again until you get it right before you actually touch the person and so you've actually mastered it before you've gone in and cut up this person or you might have found different ways to go in where it's not as um, invasive for example the other day 
oh, things that excite me. So the silliest things excite me. I was watching a program the other day about um, you know, art of, you know, bionic eyes. Bionic mm-hmm. eyes. They've been researching this for the last 10 years. And it's really, really hard because you know, the optic nerve and everything is, is a very, very delicate organ. And they were coming up with ideas to put um, implants in the brain and behind the eye and whatever. But because the body reacts to anything that puts you put in the body, it starts to scar and degrade and whatever. And there was an Australian doctor that actually said, well, why don't we just put in a stent with electrodes on it through the blood vessels? So you don't even have to cut yourself open. It's just a little nick and then you go through the blood vessels up into the brain behind the eye and you've got the, all the electronics and, and they said, well, that's, we've never even thought of that before. <laughs> so now they're using that, a little stent, a tiny little stent that goes through your blood vessels that are stopped in your, in your blood vessels in your brain that connects with, you know, electrodes for a, a robotic eye so that people can see again, which I find, for me, I find that fascinating. I've, I've, that sort of thing I've always loved since, since I was a child. I've loved that sort of thing. It's that you know, that the brain can come up with an idea and then come up, you know, and the idea becomes reality and then you're actually helping someone and it's it's futuristic but it's not because it's it's happening now. Yeah. That's a, I mean, That's, those are huge breakthroughs and you mentioned an Australian-based yeah, innovation. Australia, yeah, yeah. Which is even more. So, yeah, there's a whole global, global, global movement which you mentioned and then there'll be some of which Australians are, uh, you know, fast tracking on, and they're leading the edge on, yeah. um, and others. You know, we're, you know, there's lots of driving forces to this, but um, it's interesting to see what, like, how we can play a part, and then how, you know, what it takes to to make those things happen. Um, you know, there's government uh, programs and all sorts of things. So, ultimately, yeah, it's just um, it'll be interesting to see where Australia ends up as a, as a contributor, because there, there'll be a history of innovations that, that the country's introduced and. Um, you know, even in software, you know, like the, there's, um, Atlas, Atlas, Atlassian, Atlassian, I have a hard time pronouncing that, but you know, the software side of things, some great products, um, biomedical, the universities are really well established, some great research going on. Um, so yeah, we have to just find a forum to share all that and make yeah. sure it's visible. I mean, ultimately it's, so exciting it's just staying plugged into it and hearing you talk through those innovations, are those are you particularly close with those based on your network or uh, so is it personal interest? Or Basically, four years ago, I was invited to be um, a, a part of an executive program at Singularity University in NASA Ames Research Park, which is outside of San Francisco near Palo Alto. And so I, I, I applied because I, I, my friend nominated me. He was an ambassador for Singularity University and he... He nominated me because, you know, I'm right into this science and et cetera. And because there weren't many females <laughs> that actually applied, I, I thought, because there's a long waiting list to go. There's a limited number of people. I, I actually got accepted straight away. So I went over and, you know, you've got lecturers that are from NASA, lecturers that are, you know, the head of AI at Google. You've got Stanford University lecturers and, and doctors. You've got um, lecturers on cybersecurity that w- worked for the NSA, um, the National Security Agency in the States. Uh, you've, got, <laughs> you've got, you know, these amazing people. The And the cohort was, you know, people from all over the world. There was a hundred different people. 
and you had chairmans of um, uh, you know, Time Out magazine, the chairman of Time Out magazine. You had the um, man that in, from Switzerland that first started managed funds. You had the um, grandson of the of the man who started um, the Kunki Sources, which isn't just sources because they actually have a whole three different arms of their company, which is huge. And you had, I had bankers from Scotland, bankers from America, um, farmers, and what I'm talking about, massive international um, industry groups from South America, from the Netherlands. There was um, the first person I met whom I actually didn't know what his job was until the end, but he was a general in the, from the Netherlands. <laughs> so you've got all these people and then you've got me who is from the Gold Coast. Um, it's a long flight. I got there late. I was jet lagged. I basically turned up at the back of the room when they were doing the introductions wearing sneakers, uh, the same shirt I've been wearing for over 24 hours, hair's a mess and they're doing introduction games as you do at these events and they're going that person down the back who's <laughs> just arrived <laughs> come up here and I'm going oh okay hello I'm from Australia <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm doing these you know these introduction games and dancing on a big stage so that was really really interesting so coming back from that I thought well, well how can I apply that stuff here and I was really fortunate to um, you know, hear of the Innovation Hub and eventually now that I'm uh, one of the directors, which is really exciting. That's um, fantastic. I mean, that is something for everyone to look up if they're not familiar with Singular University. Yeah, so they're not doing the courses at the moment because of COVID, obviously, but they're doing a lot of online stuff. So mm -hmm. I recommend going on and, and checking some of the online stuff for whatever you're interested in. That's wonderful. Um, with all of that exposure to innovation, and do you find you, as an entrepreneur, do you get tempted to go in any particular direction? Like, is there a, a next project that you're just gravitating towards saying, oh, like, I love the biomedical. Could we do something there? Always. <laughs> There's never enough time in the day. <laughs> There's always something you could do. And there's seriously not enough time in the day. Um, but I get it's, you know, it's, for me, it's a passion. It's for, um, you know, a lot of my friends aren't into science fiction, but I absolutely love science fiction um, because it's the idea that someone came up with something completely new um, fascinates me and that we can solve these major problems. You know, we, you know in, in the not-too-distant future, I think we'll be able to hopefully be able to feed everyone in the world. You know, there's still a whole... Um, is it a quarter or a, th or, or a fifth of the world that um, don't have enough food to eat? That's, that's just not right in this day and age. Um, but, you know, there are people working on um, how we can feed all these people and just even... And I, I, I love when it comes down to, to simple ideas. For example, one of my favourite favorite things innovations in the whole wide world is so simple and it's um do you remember when you're a kid you had a toy and you had a pull string and it used to either dance or move or sing definitely so this um the, i think it was just a couple of young guys they invented a um a light for you know communities in third world or refugee camps and the light was just you hang it from the ceiling 
you fill up a bag with sand or rocks and you lift it, you know, lift it up. And as it slowly comes down, the cogs keep the light on. And so there's no batteries, there's no electricity. It's just, it's slowly coming down. And as it comes down, it turns the cogs and the light is working. So you've got kids now that can actually read and do their homework with this little invention that uses rocks and a bag of rocks, a cable and a light bulb, <laughs> which I, f I love. I'm going, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's amazing. So cool. Yeah, I mean, that's, um, and it's, I guess, innovations at every level, right? You've got the kids that are being encouraged to think differently. Um, you got educa educators, people that have done years and years of study and PhD and beyond. And um, yeah, I think that's, you know, let, it'd be interesting to see how people spend their lives and what role they play. Because a lot of people kind of, they hear about the innovations, but they just think, oh, I'm not sure how to yeah. play a part or... I'd know. really love to, when I applied for the for Singularity Universities, one of my things that I said was, I want to bring science and innovation to mainstream. I'd like everyone to talk about what's happening in the world rather than uh, science, too hard, I'm not going to think about it. Because it's a part of everyday life. It is. It's it's everything you do now, everything you see now, everything you touch now um, is, you know, originally from someone's idea. It's an innovation. Uh, you know, look at the paperclip. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, look, that's been really a great um, overview of some of the areas that you've touched on. There was one question I had to jot it down. I just want to make sure I didn't forget it. But um, you mentioned the Innovation Hub and your own startup basically which is now un well underway um, I think a lot of the initial hurdle that people have is relates to funding uh, it's like either they believe that they need more money than they maybe do or um, or they actually do have the need for some startup money it, did that play a part in your your company that you started in terms of did there need to be some savings yeah. a minimum level just so you could make get the the essentials happening? Yeah, so obviously we you need a, a, a save up, really work, do whatever it takes, and save up and get and get your little nest egg, and you don't need to go too big too soon. People are afraid that they need millions and millions of dollars to do something. Again, I think we touched on before. It's so much easier now to build your own website because uh, it's just click and drag, and that and get a your proof of concept can just be a mock a mock up, like it really can be. You can just make it out of cardboard and show someone and, and say, "What do you think of this idea?" And then you might get someone else that might become your partner or an investor or whatever. And then, um, but don't be discouraged. And it might not happen right now, but it could happen in the future. For us, it was just uh, a good time for it to happen. Um, the right people. Again, your partners, you need to be able to judge the people you're going to work with. You need to be able to trust them um, and, again, have the same passion, I think, is important. Uh, and that's we met basically um, master distillers that, that had this passion and they're actually very happy for us to do really well. It, it helps them. It helps us. We don't want to compete with them. Um but we're going to help each other grow. Um, but yeah, save up. I mean, that's not a new thing, right? 
It's people put so much money on credit cards these days. They forget that uh, only a few years ago we had lay-by where you basically paid something off over a you know a couple of months and you put each week you put money in, but that was your own money. Credit is good for for, for certain things because you know it's, if it's for business, it's the interest is tax deductible, etc. Expense ex- tax deductible. But don't forget that you can just save up a little bit each week and get your goals. Um, I think the credit card culture is, um, is is it's a bit damaging for young ones these days because they think they can have anything without paying for it. <laughs> eventually um, or they don't think about how they're going to pay for it eventually but you know go old school save up put put a hundred bucks away each week um, for something and and build it up and start but start with those things like building a website that's not that hard or uh, you know start by getting your networks in place before you actually you know build whatever it is you're going to build or start playing with um, concepts and ideas of what it's going to look like. It's, it doesn't cost anything to have a piece of paper and a pen. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Make it out of Lego. Uh, you know, you've got all these tools now. You can you can go, well, you know, it might look like this and, um, you know, play with it and, until you get to a point where you, you can do something. Um, but don't just forget about it and say it's too hard. That's good. That's good. Yeah, and I think that, you know, for people wondering specific amounts, I mean, we started our company with $10,000 was the amount that, uh, the, the reason it was 10000 so we can think, how long can we go without any customers or money yeah. to support whatever you need to pay for in life? Um, so it's, yeah, it'll be different for everyone. But, um, yeah, if you can keep your costs low, then you, you might need less. Or, you know, if there's some investment, just know what, what that is, and like you were saying, Debbie, just maybe don't over, don't do overkill. Just don't get that overextend. Get that minimum viable product, whatever it is, yes. to do the demonstration, and then worry about the next step about you know making it perfect and uh, making but it. But also, you can get your minimum viable MVP, um, but be excited about it when you present that, when you pitch that idea. Be excited about it. You know, a lot of people are scared of speaking in front of people. And that's, you know, fair enough. But practice. Go practice. Join Toastmasters or practice on other people. And when you speak, don't be afraid to say the wrong thing. I say the wrong thing all the time. But be excited about what you're talking about. That's great advice. (laughs) And, uh, you know, again, there's a whole ecosystem around startup culture and everything. So get out there, guys, and and have a look at it. If you haven't already pursued this and and follow that, some good advice out there. Um, But your your practical experience with seeing companies take shape and starting and going out, have you observed some, uh, the investment picture where people are investing in companies? Would you recommend that's a, a healthy path to go down or is the path more of independence these days where you could say, look, if you can maintain control and bootstrap everything, you maybe are more happier in the end because you have less stress. I would say um, investment is good. And we have a lot of uh, angel investors that invest small amounts, which is good because they are also generally, they will become mentors. Um, Look at your structure. So get advice on your business structure. You don't want to give everything away. You need to keep some control. So you're 
structure is very, very important. For us, we're doing it ourselves, but I know that when we, we will get to a point, or I've planned for, um, we will get to a point where we will need investment, especially when we you know, want to build a lot of things. Um, but look at your structure. Get legal advice. Get advice from your accountant. Um, if your accountant is not doesn't do this sort of thing, then find other people that do. But, yeah, really look at your structure. Don't give anything away. Um, make sure you get legal advice. And then, then again, like at the Hub, we have mentors that can give um, some legal advice to a point free. Um, and do your research. Read a lot. Listen to podcasts. <laughs> um, you know, listen and speak to people that have already been on the journey. Um and get, uh, yeah, pull people in. Like if, you, if you've if you got an idea, we'll get a group of friends together, get strangers off the street, whoever, um, to listen to your idea and, and tell you that's a terrible idea, that's a good idea, whatever. whatever. And if they tell you it's a terrible idea, well, maybe you need to modify it. Um, or if they say, yeah, that's a great idea, but don't let that get to your head, number one, because you're going to struggle. <laughs> well, not struggle, but you're going you're gonna to have to put in the hard yards. Um but if someone, you know, if lots of people say that's a great idea, um, you know, take that and, and roll with it. Mm, that's great. You mentioned that earlier about taking feedback and the feedback's probably the best value that you can take earlier on. You don't get so distracted with investment money. and Don't think you know everything. Mm. That's the most important thing. Don't think you know everything because you definitely don't. Um, even if you've been in the industry for a million years, you, you are always learning. And things are constantly changing. So, um, yeah, be, be, be humble. <laughs> I appreciate that. Appreciate that perspective. That's really, really fresh. I really like that. Um, we've uh, definitely spent some time together. Thank you very much. I just wanted to capture like yourself personally, just a quick, you know, about how you're spending your day and um, maybe things that are outside of work that are important to you, just to, just to help people get the context of, you know, you're a, Who am I? you're an innovator, <laughs> you're the, you know, you're the business very woman, busy. you're educated. And, and pursuing things, um, yeah. Like in in the community, do you have do you have things that yes. you do on the weekend and uh, a bit well, of a break? Well, I'm also involved with a lot of community groups, and over this COVID time, you know, a lot of people have struggled. So we've we've put a group together to try and help them. But as for my general day and week, I have a group of um, mums that I met through when the kids went to school, and I try very hard to make sure that we catch up at least once a week for that, just that downtime to talk about anything. Um, it's really important for your mental health, I think, um, to, to just, you know, get have a coffee with friends and talk to friends and talk to people. It's, it's Sometimes it's hard to catch up with everyone, but individually it's hard to catch up with everyone, but at least if you can have, you know, an hour a week where you're catching up and finding out what's happening. And I... The other day I was actually quite upset because a couple of my friends, because I hadn't been to coffee for a couple of weeks, a couple of my friends had gone through some things and I'm going, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't know and I'm, you know, I'm so out of the loop and I wasn't there for you. But and they're going, oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, um, I think it's really, really, really important to have that connections with friends and to create new ones. Um, again, life is short. It's beautiful. Um, 
That's fantastic. Debbie Lodine, everybody, thank you very much. Um, do you just want to tell us a bit about how we can follow your journey from here, uh, whether it's website, Facebook, anything yeah, like that? Yeah, we have um, Paradise Distillers. It's actually Paradise Distillers because we want to eventually, you know, have our gin, rum, vodka, etc. So it's Paradise Distillers on Facebook. Uh, same again on Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn, I have personal Debbie Lodine on LinkedIn I haven't created a Paradise Distillers account there yet. But, um, yeah, I think Instagram is good for visual. Facebook is good for visual. And I want to share those stories. Yeah. Beautiful. We're, we're some of the lucky ones that get to see it nice and early. So <laughs> appreciate you sharing that. So, um, guys, thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, this is the Aussie Ambitions Podcast. Thank you again. Thank you, everyone. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Aussie Ambitions Podcast. We appreciate your support and welcome your input. So if there is a topic that you would like to see covered, please let us know via our website, aussieambitions.com or any of our social media accounts. And please subscribe to receive all of our updates. We hope that you picked up some helpful tips helping you to get to where you want to go. And if you've got a story to tell and are able to come for a visit, definitely get in touch. <laughs>